Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome back to Sincerely Mama, hosted by me, your girl, Shauna B. For all of y'all watching on YouTube, hey. For those of you that have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, it's Shauna B. Um, Instagram, it's at underscore Sincerely Mama. Facebook, Shauna Martinet. Y'all, y'all gotta tune in. Today, I have special guests. We're covering a special topic. My two friends, Diaria and Charity. Hey! <laughs> hey, girl, hey. <laughs> so, today, the topic is pretty deep. Um, we'll be talking about the miscarriage. And like I've told y'all, I haven't experienced that so i promise you guys like we would talk about topics we would try to get like everything but from different perspectives because if i haven't experienced that i can't tell you about it so i have my friends here who have and i just want to thank y'all for being here um to talk about it to tell your story tell your experience because i know it'll help the next person um so with that being said, we won't like get right into it, but um, just tell us a little bit the area about like you being a mom and what that looks like for you, how that happened, were you excited, you know, just like all of those emotions behind that. Um, sure. So when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, um, it was in December of 2017 and I was super nervous because I just started uh, grad school at Vandy so I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna have to leave school and um, I found out my due date was like August 20th so I'm like that's the beginning of the next school year this interrupts my studies that interrupts my work so initially I was just kind of thrown off by the date but um, as time went on like I figured out a plan I literally had her August 19th and I was in class by the end of August um, because kids don't stop the grind like kids don't stop that um, I did take the first three months off um, just to focus on being a parent and being a student. Um, and then in November of the year that I had her, I went back part-time and I worked part-time until February just so I could keep my insurance. <laughs> and then after that, I went back full-time. So I did have that time where I was able to take off as a mom. I don't think that I really started to fully enjoy motherhood though, until I like, went back to work and what I mean by that is like when I first had my daughter I struggled really bad with postpartum anxiety which by the way I just want to like preface with the fact that I didn't believe in like mental like well it's not that I didn't believe in mental health I just didn't feel like I struggled with it before so when I thought about like postpartum anxiety I was like yeah okay whatever um but I think that I would really dare to rephrase it to say postpartum adjustment um, because you're adjusting to being a mom, especially when you just had your first child. Um, you really deal with the, a grocery store run is not just a grocery store run. Like you either take the child with you or you have to arrange for their dad to stay or your mom or whoever your support system is to kind of come so that you can go to the grocery store. And I still remember my first grocery store run and uh, her dad called me and was like, hey, she's hungry because at the time I was like latching her breastfeeding. Um, and he was like, hey, she's crying. I think she's hungry. So I literally had to like uh, quickly ring my things up and rush home so that I could feed her. And that's where I think some of that anxiety came from. It's like, you know, I can't sleep without her being on me. I can't go to the grocery store if she's not close to me. Um, but I really started to find myself and my voice as a mother 
with other titles after I, you know, went back to work. So I think now that she's about to be three, I enjoy like motherhood so much more because I've been able to develop into who I am as a mom. And then also I remind myself constantly that I'm learning how to be a mom every day because being a mom to a three-year-old and being a mom to a three-month-old are two totally separate like identities. And I have really began to enjoy that as because now I'm more kind to myself. At first, I was like, you need to do better. You need to. Yeah, no, I don't do that anymore. So now that I've kind of let go of like this perfect mom title and I've kind of let mom guilt like stay by the wayside, I enjoy it a whole lot more. So that's my tag. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's why I got you here because I feel like you put everybody's thoughts in words so like gracefully. Like you like when it when you come out, I'd be like. Why I couldn't think of that? Like, why I couldn't think to say this word with this word and a postpartum adjustment? Like, why I didn't think about that? But, thank you. Absolutely. for that. <laughs> okay, Charity, you, because you are stepmom, which is still mom. Um, so, for those of you, I promise y'all, like, I would have, you know, stepmom. I'm not a stepmom, but I have experienced that. But you are stepmom. So, like, tell us how that was for you, because your, like, your daughter, you know, she didn't come in at birth, but close to it. Yes, living and breathing as a stepmom, and I instantly became a stepmom in 2016 when I married my husband, and at the time we met, his daughter was three, and I had so many questions, and of course, you know, the typical questions of, is your child bad? Does she listen? You know, what is the relationship like with her mom? Because I don't have time for the drama. Um, do you have any other kids out there? Because I am not, I can only handle like one or two. That's it. And so I went in with the mindset that, you know, okay, I don't have any kids, but I am open to, you know, accepting someone that has children. And thankfully he only had one because I didn't know how I was going to handle it period um but I fell in love with her instantly you know she was amazing and I had no idea that I really wanted children until I really started interacting with her a little bit more and so even now I still think about it like should I should I not I'm really, I'm cool with this one because she's already walking and talking. We, I skipped the diaper phase. <laughs> I skipped the late night phase, you know. So, all of that was amazing to me. Um, so, it, it's scary, you know, because you're always thinking, like, am I doing the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Like, if I say something, you know, how's it? How's she going to feel about what I said? How's my husband going to take what I said to her? Or, you know, am I saying too much? Because is this a conversation for her mom and her mm -hmm. to have? Or is it okay for me to, like, teach her certain things? So, it's a constant mind battle when, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, relax. This mm -hmm. is a human you, you know, you teach humans every single day. Mm -hmm. So why is it any different? Because this is a child of yours that you are responsible for in your home every single day. So when I realized, hey, just take a chill pill and let it happen, mm -hmm. you know. So it's going, you know, mm -hmm. and I am enjoying the ride. So you're amazing from what I hear <laughs> all the time. You, you don't taking her to do this, getting her involved in that. So 
you know, you know, I'm I'm like your mom, your mom. Um, so with both of what what you guys said, when I first met you, it was at Croft, and it was basically uh Ocker saying, Go ask Shields, because I was like, What about benefits for when I like what what's what's the plan? Like when I don't go to work because I'm pregnant, how's that gonna work? So I came to you and so you were pretty much one of the first people to know that I was even pregnant. Yeah. Um because I needed to know. And you it I don't feel like it took long for you to kinda open up to me about your miscarriage. Like you didn't go into detail, but you were like well, I had a miscarriage. Like, I don't know. Your relationship at that time and, like, you sharing that with me was almost inspiration for me because I was like, y'all know, I was like, what the heck? Like, I'm pregnant. What am I doing? Y'all already knew my situation with Devon. Like, and they know now. We didn't talk about it on here, but y'all knew my situation with him. And it was. I'm like, heck. Sometimes I'm like, no. Sometimes I'm like, yes. Sometimes I'm like, yes, I love him. And then the next I'm like, girl, he getting on my nerves right now. Like, you know, all of that. All while I'm pregnant. Y'all know I moved to my mama's house. Like, all of that. But you shared with me, like, your, just kind of like the intro to your story with Cammy, you know, and all of that. And it kind of inspired me. Um, and you told me about, you know, you having a miscarriage. But here, I just want you to, like, describe that experience and the I guess emotionally digesting that because would Cameron be your rainbow baby mm -hmm. right so how like how was that like to emotionally digest that and then to try again mm -hmm. because I already like I know you and your anxiety like I know you and your anxiety so like to even try it again I'm pretty sure like you were like what the heck yeah at every step and do you ever, I guess, stop and think, I really should have enjoyed it? Like, oh, so just go ahead and tell us, I guess, about your experience with your miscarriage. Okay. So. Do I need to go get some Kleenex? Like, no, girl. And you know what? Let me tell you, because I've never shared this, like, publicly. So I just want anybody that's, like, watching or listening to allow me to like go back to when I was I think I was 20 or 21 at the time I was a senior in college um and the guy that I was dating was like who I thought was like the love of my life which really I he still deserves that title as far as like somebody that is a great person like love of my life no but amazing yes still mm -hmm. um and he actually just recently um had a son so I think that when I had that miscarriage the first I I didn't know that I was having one I just knew that I was um, having vaginal bleeding and so I looked it up and it was like miscarriage STD or something else I was like if I had a STD that's a problem <laughs> um, and then the other one I think I just instantly ruled that out I can't even remember what it was but then I was like okay a miscarriage just kind of so I went and I got a pregnancy test it was positive and I called him I was like so I think something's wrong and like he was talking to my stomach he was like it's okay like I, we don't really just know anything about you but like you gotta calm down so your mom can calm down and I thought that that was so sweet but when I found out that I was having a miscarriage the first thing that I thought was because I didn't want a kid I didn't and so I think that when I see people struggling with miscarriages it almost makes me feel guilty because I can't say that I struggle with mine because I was I think like I said I think I was 21 yeah I was 21 and 
didn't want a kid. Like, if at all, I don't know, but definitely not at the time. Um, and so when I actually fully had the miscarriage and I, like, pretty much was healed from it, it was like, oh, okay, like, I just kind of went on physically thinking that it was okay until I got with uh, Cameron's dad. And then I started to, like, by that time I was, like, 23, 24, and I was like, okay, um, what if I can't have kids? Like, this man, like, I think I love him, right? So, like, he was talking about getting married and things like that. And I was like, you know, maybe. But what if I can't have kids? So, I wasn't on any type of birth control. Um, and I can't say that Cameron was planned, but I can't say that she was unplanned because we were not being protective. And um, there was actually a joke one day about me taking a plan B, which I believe in those faithfully. Um, but that's my business, and y'all in it. And I just feel like for me, take it, like that day that I didn't take the plan B, I think is when I was pregnant. Like I think I that's when I got pregnant. And so one thing that I struggled with with uh, my pregnancy, I wasn't. I don't think that I had a fear necessarily of losing the baby again, again. But I do think that I had the fear of okay, area like, this time you're actually going to be a mom. Like, you kind of dodged a bullet, and mm -hmm. now you're pregnant with the bullet, right? Mm -hmm. And how are you going to deal with that? And so I think that with Cameron being my rainbow baby, I think that I don't call her that because I didn't struggle with the miscarriage. And mm -hmm. I want to apologize to anybody that has and that has felt that sadness and that grief because, like I said, for me, I didn't deal with that emotional pain but I do think that when I got pregnant again I'm like okay what if I can't have this baby mm -hmm. or like right before I got pregnant with her I was like what if I can't have kids so that was kind of mentally exhausting at that time did so the guy that go ahead okay I don't know I was getting ready to jump in on that because when you said that you didn't have to deal with multiple losses or you didn't have to feel that pain, that's where my pain steps in mm -hmm. is because I've had to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like you said, I didn't really want a baby. I didn't think about having no baby, having no kids because I'm selfish. Mm -hmm. I don't want to share. I don't want to take you, you know, and I'm still like that to a certain extent. But of course, I'm a good person. So right. I'm going to do what I have to do. But that I think it hit different. When I got married, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll, I'll speak on that. I just had to get that out. <laughs> Don't Who's crying? And <laughs> <laughs> really, the why I'm crying is because she just recently, like, opened up to, and it was, like, in the middle of, conver like, just, like, chilling on the phone. She just started telling me about her miscarriage and the fact that she gave birth like I didn't even know it so like she was just telling me like you know I had an epidural I'm like what like you know I'm just thinking miscarriage she's like no I like birthed the baby and you know like it was she she said you can tell your own story because I can't but it's just I feel me, like you gonna make me start. That's what I'm saying. Trying to start. I, I wasn't start. either, but <laughs> but I feel like you're because there are people out there like you. So mm -hmm. like for you to be feeling guilt, and I get it. Like, but for you to feel guilty, there are people that are like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like just me the other day took a pregnancy test, and in my mind, I'm like, you know, like if I miscarried, I wouldn't be sad mm -hmm. you know like I wouldn't be mm -hmm. um but 
I'm not pregnant. Um, <laughs> just to say that, but I just feel like that is because I was waiting for an answer. <laughs> like dim, dim, dim. I just feel like that is, but that is your truth. Like that is your story, and that's how you felt. Like you knew you probably weren't prepared. You know, whatever. So it was more relieving to you. And like my question was going to be for him. How was that? Like how was that for him? Like because did he share those same emotions that you had? Like feeling like you dodged a bullet. Or was he more on the, like, excited side of, like, oh, my goodness, we, we're going to have a baby? Or, like, how was that for him? So so there was actually this joke one time, and he was like, yeah, I owe you a baby. So that was kind of a joking thing mm-hmm. for us for a while. Now, what I will say, something that I actually just forgot about um, when I was talking before, like, I remember taking a bath once, uh, like, towards the end of my healing process, because it took me about, I think, maybe, like, two months to physically get back to, like, normal. And um, I remember, like, I was soaking in the tub, and I was feeling, like, these sharp pelvic pains for whatever reason. And, like, I started crying. And, like, I was talking to him about it, and he was like, um, you're not over that? Like, I thought you would be over that. And that's, like... That's ultimately, like I said, he's not a bad guy. I still do not deem him in the category of, like, terribleness. But that's when I realized, for me, like, emotionally, he would never be what I needed. Because I'm already so rough emotionally, or I can be anyway. And to be asked a question like that in a moment where I'm actually allowing myself to cry, right? Because, again, like... I didn't really struggle with it in that in that moment I was and to see your reaction or to hear your reaction it's just like so I think that he I think that he was on the side of it as like oh jokingly you owe me a baby um and then also saying like you know you're still upset about that yeah. like I thought you would be over that by now Me um, just- yeah and I think that goes to show like they don't they sometimes have a hard time like comprehending our like female emotions because you got to think too even if you're having a miscarriage just a hormonal imbalance Mm -hmm. which is one of the things that they had to test for i think it's like called like tcg or something the beast beta whatever anyway they tested to make sure that you're having a miscarriage instead of an atopic pregnancy Mm -hmm. i think and so it's like you know all these hormones in our bodies and me i'm the type i don't even use that as an excuse Mm -hmm. like y'all know me I'm, i'm hard on us women and i hate to be that way but it's like you know to hear that question so i think that he um i definitely don't think that he felt like he dodged a bullet per se mm-hmm. but then again I don't know because he, he just had a kid too so he probably like whoo like I ain't have a baby in college now I'm like 30 and I can have kids now right. so yeah. I can see it being either way for him this is not good okay. you good you good <laughs> <laughs> yes I like how you say emotions because those emotions come up and they, they come up at any time, anywhere. And, I mean, they could be emotions that's current, emotions that came from the past. And with us, we carry so much inside. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for Shauna to say, you know, what I was telling her really affected her, it's just like, wow. Because some days I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. And then other days it's like, I feel like it's so much on me. Like, why me? Why do I keep going through hard stuff? And it's like, okay, you need to correct something in your life, mm-hmm. you know? So, but I ain't going to get off on that. That's a whole nother topic. But, you know, emotions are, and women, we carry so much. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, we just phenomenal that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm about to get into that topic. Like, I'm not even gone, and I'm like finna get into but we it. Are. Like, but yeah, we are. 
so I guess for for you, because you said when you got Paisley, mm-hmm. you you know you were like I didn't even want a kid or think I wanted a kid. So were you all trying to have? Okay, so I'm have to back up as well. Let's back up because my first experience with having a baby was I was fresh out of college. I met this guy. I was so happy. Like he was happy. He had had a daughter already. We weren't discussing children. We were just happy finding somebody we could talk to, be around, have fun with, things like that. So we enjoyed us. And of course, other things took place and bam, I'm pregnant. And so I was excited about it. You know, not knowing that I was excited about it, but I was scared as hell at the same time. You know, I didn't know what was going going to happen. And so here I am, you know, carrying. And at three, it was right at the time when they checked to see if you're going to have a girl or a boy. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're further along. You're like mm-hmm. eight weeks or so, right? Or I was close to like three months. I had just got a, a, a checkup. Mm-hmm. Everything was going well. And the very next day... Mm-hmm. I woke up and I was wet and I was Mm -hmm. like, what's going on? Of course you check your stomach and you panicking Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, nothing's going on. You know, I called in, you know, they come check you. Yeah. 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 They didn't keep me. So I was like, I'm good. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I go on. And then the next day after that, so we're in the, we're at the weekend, right? So I'm at Sunday and I wake up and I'm in pain, Mm -hmm. excruciating pain. And, you know, I experienced this. And I was in shock because when I went to the bathroom, the baby's foot was hanging. Mm. And when I tell you, I'm just like, is it alive? I'm thinking like, it's still alive. Like, what's going on? Like, why is your foot? And it's a little bitty tiny. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm sitting in the seat of the car. We rush into the hospital. I'm in panic mode because I was like, I was just here yesterday and I was fine. And now here I am and I have a foot. Mm-hmm. Now, because the baby was already down so far, I didn't tell you this, but I had to deliver that baby as well. However, I, you know, am always interested. So I wanted to see the baby was very little. Of course, he was not. It was a he, you know, he was you know, already gone, and they ask you all these questions about what you want to do, and I just wanted to, like, just get it away from me. You know, at that point, it was a it. Get get it away from me. I just want to detach as fast as I possibly can. And the emotions were, I'm sad because I just lost something I didn't even know I wanted, and two, I'm looking at him because he was hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, and although he had a kid already, he still felt like, this was my opportunity to have another one with somebody I really cared about. And we were really going somewhere at that time. And I think for us, he couldn't handle that. But he mm-hmm. couldn't tell me that. He didn't communicate that with me. Mm-hmm. So slowly after that, months after that, our relationship took a turn for the worse. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, it was just like, okay, I'm not trying to keep nobody that don't want to be kept. I don't know what happened. I didn't even try to go figure out, like, why. But, you know, I've heard and read that, you know, women go through losses, but it's it's okay. You know, they can have another kid down the road. And so 
here I am in 2016 and I'm married now, still not thinking like, oh, I'm going to have a baby. But I knew my husband wanted one, which he had already had a kid. And so I knew that that was something big for him because he wanted a big family. So here it is now. I want to give you this because this is what you want. Not because I really want to because I still don't want to be up at night. But when we we didn't even try. It was just, hey, I'm pregnant and I'm super excited about it. But I, in the back of my mind, I knew I had a loss. So when I went to the doctor, that's what we talked about. We talked about I had a loss before. You know, I'm really nervous at this point of what is going to happen because this is something that my husband wants. And in my mind, I'm like, you still haven't said that this is what you want, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, like, could that be, you know, all these emotions, all these thoughts come into your head. But anywho... So, with that loss, um, I was further along. My water broke hmm. again. <laughs> and it wasn't a lot of water, but I went to the hospital and I got checked out. And they were like, okay, you still got some fluid in there, but it's not a lot. Um, and it was towards the, they couldn't figure out where the hole was because I was still intact when they went in vaginally to check me. So, they were like, you got to go on bed rest. And so, of course, there's, you know, she talked to me about that this has happened to women, you know, that water have come out. So I'm researching, I'm getting inside all these groups and they say, yes, put your feet up, drink a lot of water. Only thing you do is go to the bathroom and get back in the bed. And I did that. And so we were trying to get to where the baby can be viable outside of your body. That's where I was trying to go. So. I had so much support from my husband. He would bring me food, cook, you know, anything that I needed. He, you know, he was stay in the bed, do what you need to do type situation. I was scared to go to the bathroom. At that point, I wanted to just put me on a pull up, you know, <laughs> put me on a depend, something. Let me pee in this bed because we finna save this baby life. And the good thing is it had a strong heartbeat. I mean, like, it was, that heartbeat was thumping. And so that made it like, okay, I need to do all I need to do to keep you where you are, mm -hmm. you know. And so I was, all I had was a week left, y'all. She did not make it. She was just like... I'm coming out, and right now, just obviously not the time. And so, like, at that time, I didn't think like that. I just, I'm shocked because now it becomes, I can't give you something you really want. And that tore my heart to pieces. Mm -hmm. And so now, the little girl who I was loving to have in my life, his daughter, I'm looking at her like envious because now he has you, and I can't give him another you. And that ripped me apart. Mm. And so, like she was saying, I did deliver that baby. I went into labor. I delivered. I mean, homegirl was strong. Let me just tell y'all that. Marley Elise was very strong. I delivered her. And she was in my arms, breathing and heart thumping until she took her last breath. And so... In that moment, I was just, I was still happy. Like, you know, even though things weren't going well, I was happy. And, you know, when she passed, I was just still dealing with it. But I wasn't very emotional. It wasn't emotional until I literally, I kept her for a couple of hours. And I know people probably thought I was crazy. But I was like, no, don't take her away. She was like, the lady said, I just want to take pictures so you can have pictures. And I was like, okay, we'll bring her right back. You know, mm -hmm. now this is a baby who's not alive. Right. But it's still my baby. And I'm like, she has a name. Like, I named her and everything. So, 
which I feel like you're on it, but like, I guess my question would be what was like such the difference between the first one, like the boy and then Marley Elise that like you wanted to detach immediately and like, I, and it's emotional. So like, I guess the emotional space, if you can explain that in which you wanted to detach from him, but like you're holding a dead baby mm-hmm. and taking pictures. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take personal pictures with her because that was something they asked me. I didn't do that part because it was just too much. But I mean, I just felt like she had come so far. And the difference was because it was just sudden with him. You know, I had no warning signs besides my water broke. But and his heartbeat was strong too. But it was like his foot was out. I, I knew he was gone. So it was just mm-hmm. like, let go. But her still thriving when she came out, that was a big difference. And then I think also, too, because that's my husband. And, like, he wants this. And, like, you always want to give of yourself to someone else. Whereas me and the other guy, it was just so happened we... I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we were in a good space, I wanted his relationship more than I wanted us to have another little mm-hmm. being to come mm-hmm. along. So yeah. it was just like, mm-hmm. detached, let's get rid of that because we were good. Let's get back to a good space. Whereas with my husband, now it's a, this was my baby. You know, this mm-hmm. was, even though it was our baby, but it was my baby because like, I had a name for her. He was excited. I was excited. And now that's a whole nother thing. Like, my husband shows his excitement totally different. And so he was quiet. And so I didn't know what he was thinking. I didn't, he, you know, he don't, he's not a crier. So I couldn't read him. And that also brought emotions because now I'm feeling even worse. Like, like you said, I don't know if I can have another baby, you know? So now I'm thinking, do we try again? Because then I, you know, talk to my doctor. And she's like, yes, you know, normally you have to get through three losses before they start looking at you. And first of all, I'm already older. So I'm just like, okay, I think you should be looking at me. And I feel like I'm overweight because maybe that's the issue. But I'm like, girl, big girls have babies all the time. Okay, honey, we women can do this. So I want, you know, I took all of that stuff out the window. And I'm like, my, my doctor did say, you made it to this point. You made it further than you did the first time. So mm-hmm. that is hope, mm-hmm. you know. So she was like, I can't, because I was asking all those, do I need a surplus? Do I need this? And, you know, she was like, I couldn't say that because there was no, you know, opening at the bottom. Like, literally, they had to put a pill up there to make it come out all the way. So she said it was a tiny hole somewhere that they couldn't see. But they also found that I have fibroids. That I had never known I had before. So in my mind, okay, it was the fibroids that was causing. And as, you know, small down there, I'm short. I'm 4'11". So, and I'm heavy. <laughs> like a Chevy. So, you know, I'm thinking all of this baby's trying to grow. And there's not enough room. And these fibroids. And this fibroids was huge. Okay. Um, and something in pressure. And that's probably what happened. You know, and they say things happen for a reason. So I was, you know, I had to really dig into my religion like girl god got you you gonna be okay Mm -hmm. you know and i didn't really share with a lot of people around me they just knew you lost they didn't really know the depths Mm -hmm. of loss for me and so with that one how did you and your husband show up for each other Mm -hmm. to support each other because like you said 
you weren't able to read him. So then how, but you know, like he lost something just like you did that he wanted. So then how do you even show up for him to support him? And can I like piggyback off that question? Because Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you subconsciously still had that fear, like how your relationship with the other guy, like after the baby, after the loss, it was like, okay, you don't want to be kept. So did you have that fear with your husband? I did. And it was more so like I wanted to push him away Mm -hmm. because, and I did that. I literally would do stuff to like, okay, now I can't give you what you want. I would say things like that. So, you know, you're free to like go be with somebody else if you want to be with somebody else. Like, I know how important it is for you to have children. And I don't want to stop you from doing that. And so he was like, do you hear yourself? You sound stupid. He was just like, don't, this is favorite line. Don't nobody care about that. (laughs) You know, he was like, I just want you to be healthy. And if you're healthy, you know, then that's what I care about at the end of the day. Yes, I do want other children, but if that's not in the plans for us, you know, we could adopt if you want to, or we could just say, forget it. We got a child already and embrace what we have, mm-hmm. and that be that. And so that right there, of course, it sounded good and it was good for me, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, I feel defeated. And mm-hmm. I told him now, I was like, I can't give you something that somebody else has given you. So mm-hmm. now I really feel bad. So now I'm like, okay, what do I need to do next? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course, it took me a while to go to a specialist or whatever to really just kind of figure out what the path was. Now, listen, I'm like, I don't got no money. So we're not about to be doing all these $1,000 injections and stuff like that. It's not that serious for me. But I did want to find out why the losses, you know. Mm-hmm. And we've lost so many times after that loss you know we've lost a total of four children the, my husband and I and so that's that's five for me total and so it's like do you stop or do you keep going because my doctor's like I went to a new doctor I changed doctors because you know I'm like I just need a new perspective <laughs> you know some fresh eyes on me and um I kept getting to the point either I would lose early before the baby developed any, you know, mm-hmm. to in, into anything, or I would lose at the same twice. I've lost at eight weeks. Well, it's like there's no heartbeat, mm-hmm. and it's like wow, and it's like my body knows that something is not right, so it's it doesn't want to give you something that's not perfect. So we just gonna say, hey, this baby is for the heavens, and I'll be like, okay, but yeah. So I've gotten to the point, and I have, you know, I don't really want to go into what that is. But I did get an answer. Mm -hmm. And so we're content with that. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if the God up above says this one right here is going to be good, then we will follow through. But, I mean, other than that, no. We're not not trying and we're not, like, keeping from doing things that will make us have a baby. So, So, my next question was going to be and is still talking about the support how I guess how did you want to be supported because you said you put your husband away but for like just people because you know I feel like people sometimes just don't know what to say like your family members and all of that 
and it's it i feel like it's like sorry for your loss and then people move on but you're still like dwelling in that like you're Mm -hmm. still there and you know people aren't saying sorry for your loss every time they see you but like you're still like emotionally mentally just there so i guess how did you get did you get the support you needed Mm -hmm. so you did ask that um I don't really know what support I needed, you know, being, you know, nothing that anybody can do could bring me a baby. Right. You know, so at this point, it's just like with him saying, I want you to be healthy. I think that I took that and I just held on to that. Even though I had other thoughts in my mind, I have to keep coming to that. Like he's not pressuring you Mm -hmm. to have a baby. He's not running away from you. Because you can't have a baby. He's just like, we good. Either mm-hmm. way. And so I think that that was enough support for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because I really and truly didn't know what else I needed. Like, he, he is nothing he can do. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, but of course you beat yourself up because you like, something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have to get over that. So I just have to continue to stay grounded and just know that these things happen. And surround myself with people that this has happened to. Mm-hmm. You know, and so those support groups. So thank God for social media now. Mm-hmm. You know, because it wasn't around back in the day. Because I'm older than all of these people at the table. <laughs> but a lot of things have changed, so it allows me to speak to people who have, you know, not that I know them personally, but just people that have lost. And then as I've lost, I found out that my mama had a loss that she never talked about. My aunt had a loss that she never talked about. So I'm just like. Why don't we talk about these things? Why do I have Sincerely Mama? So we can talk about these things. (laughs) And I think that it even like this idea of sharing something so deep and personal is why. And I think social media is trying to Mm -hmm. get down to the deeper parts of that like for example my social media doesn't know that i had a miscarriage so if anybody listens to or watches this video they're like oh i didn't know that yeah you Mm -hmm. didn't because who you know what i'm saying like that wasn't something that meant anything to me at the time Mm -hmm. um but i also think that social media has this like this this informational piece Mm -hmm. and then it also has like this perfection piece like Mm -hmm. i want to get on here and i want to post the things that make me seem perfect right and even when i like tell you something about me that's flawed is after so like mm-hmm. i'll tell you about my miscarriage because i have a baby now right yes. yeah um and so or i'll tell you that i was broke because i'm rich now yeah instead of like letting you know as like as the moment goes on and it's actually this girl that i instantly thought about um she um lost a baby mm-hmm. um that she had to give birth to and she literally just had a baby um, yeah. And so, like, for her, like, keeping that faith and whatever that meant to her and her husband, because she's Absolutely. also married. Mm-hmm. And then, like, to hear you say, like, me and my husband are content with the answer that we've received, but we're also still open to receiving whatever God has in store for us. And I think that Absolutely. that's it's so hard to trust that because even, like, with your husband with tumbling, for example, I can't wait to get me started. <laughs> but maybe God's plan is, like, he can't. Um, be a full-time dad if I need this tumbling business to come up right now. Mm -hmm. So what if the wait is for that business to transpire to, you know, take place to get off the ground. And then, then there it is for you guys. I don't know. I sometimes wonder and not to question God, but it's like, what what, what is it? Like, do you mind sharing a little piece of that plan? Right. Right. Um, Lord, let me, but you know, you say that, but each time he's always been like, I can hear his voice saying, 
I got you. You okay? Like, mm-hmm. and I think that that's why I'm able to get to where I am now. And I've had supporters, you know, shout out to the Gaithers. Miss Gaither was right there with me. She, I mean, she came to the hospital and she wanted to make sure that I was okay. They're very deeply grounded in their faith. And so just having that around me, you know, my family, you know, just praying and just, you know, checking in, not knowing what to say, but just calling mm-hmm. just to talk to me, you know, and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know what to say to you. You don't know what to say to you, mm-hmm. you know, but you know you got to get up and keep going, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how it was the very next time that I got pregnant. We're going to mm-hmm. do this. We're going we gonna to make it. We're mm-hmm. going to make it as far as we need to make it. Um, and so, and now, but it becomes for me now, I know how it feels to not want to be asked, are you pregnant? Mm-hmm. So that's deep. Like, for everybody out there, don't be asking people, are they pregnant? Okay, because a lot of people don't want to tell you until they're comfortable because they had to deal with losses. Mm -hmm. And we got to get past this certain point first before we comfortable with telling the world. I could be as big as a balloon. (laughs) Am I your business? But man, your business. Right. (laughs) You're my business and I don't like that. Right. I don't like that. I just like to eat. (laughs) Right. No, that's, I, I agree. And I feel like nowadays that's, the norm though for people to be like no i just want to wait till i get x amount of weeks to make sure everything is okay and honestly for me that never like went through my mind Mm -hmm. like i never didn't tell somebody because of that i didn't tell people because i was disappointed Mm -hmm. like i didn't even like i wanted her we was keeping her because i don't believe in abortion but like I was, you know, I wasn't happy. So, like, but I feel like that is the norm. And to what you said about social media, yes. Like, people, your social media is going to be the best parts of you, the best parts of your life, the best of, like, ain't nobody getting on social media, you know, showing their down days. Nobody's doing that. Mm -hmm. They're not doing that. So, yes, Mm y'all. And I think one thing that you said that just stood out to me, like, with the, like, I was disappointed in myself. I think that um, one thing I've been trying to, um, like, figure out, like, differentiate between is, like, this idea of shame versus guilt. Like, so Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I've been talking about in my sessions and Mm -hmm. is what I'm feeling shame Mm -hmm. or is what I'm feeling, like, guilt. Mm-hmm. And this idea that shame is like I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. I caused this. It's me, me, me. And mm-hmm. then guilt is like, oh, I did something that was bad. I can make up for it. I can, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I found out that I was pregnant, I didn't post it until I was like 16 weeks. And it was like this corny picture where it was like, only, you can only see my stomach in our hands. Mm-hmm. And it was like three people but no faces or just something super corny. Mm-hmm. But I was so excited to share that because it was like, you know, we had made it this far. Like mm-hmm. I can tell people now because I think it's like 12 weeks, like mm-hmm. 12 or 14 yeah. when like that's like the first trimester done. And so like but going back to like this this disappointment um, and then being like happy. I think that that's, again, one of the things that we don't talk about with when we think about motherhood. So, like, earlier when you said, like, how do you feel like you deal with motherhood? Shame has been a part of that. Guilt has been a part of that. Disappointment has been a part of that. Anxiety has been a part of that. And she ain't even three yet. Yeah. But I think going back to what you said and, like, hearing that voice. And sometimes it's like, ooh, what was that? Like, what? Who? Who is it? Who is that? <laughs> right? And it's like, but you know who I am. Not right, because. Absolutely. Right. Not because it's, like, creepy. But it's also, like, this just calming feeling that you send 
um, that's sent through your body mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to feel that because I think some people sulk in the pain. Yeah. But one thing that I'm learning is like with like with passion, like passion is something that is that you're willing to suffer for. So if you're passionate, you're going to suffer for it. Mm -hmm. And then like the glory that comes from the suffering that you've endured. So sometimes I wonder, like when I hear about people who have experiences, like some of the ones that we're talking about, it's like, what is the glory that comes from this? What is, what is it that's going to come from this suffering, suffering, what's going to be produced Mm -hmm. from it? Um, So yeah, I just wonder that sometimes. I like how you said that shame and guilt. And I think that, I have been suffering with depression and didn't realize it, Mm -hmm. didn't even put a name to it or could recognize it because a part of me like shut off, Mm -hmm. you know, but then like when I look, when I look back and I'm just like looking at things that I went through or looking at things that I did and I'm just like, if only I would have said something, if only I would have reached out and maybe talked to somebody and maybe shared outside of my personal life, I probably would have been better off than where I am today Mm -hmm. because I definitely see that you know I shut I shut it off I stop thinking about it Mm -hmm. and then when it pops up again it's just like I'm anxious all Mm -hmm. over again so it's just like when you gonna just get to being happy and like we're just we're good like just know that you're good and know that God got you you know Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day he has brought me yes Woo! Let's say he has brought me. Take us to church. Oh, and it's crazy that you say that because one thing it was this point came to me during an argument, but um, (laughs) but it's like sometimes we think that if this didn't happen, let's use a scale of one to ten. Let's say right now I rate my life a six, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and if this didn't happen, then I would be a 10. Mm-hmm. But also it's like, but if this didn't happen, you could have also been a one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so this yeah. idea, we think that we always would have been better yeah. when in reality, you don't know that. Right, you right. don't know because actually that could have saved you from this. Yes. And so we always think that we made some mistake that, that devalued us in a sense. And I think that that's one thing that I've used to allow me to heal through things that, is there's no guarantee I would have been a 10 out of 10 right now. There's mm-hmm. no guarantee. But I know that, like you said, I'm grateful because I know that I could have been further along, yes. But also, I could have been down by the wayside. Yeah. And that is a very scary thing to think about. Like, that's where I could have been. And I don't want to think about how I could have been higher. I want to be appreciative for, for where I am right now. Absolutely. Because if I can apply all the things Praise that I thought mama. about, yeah. I'm going to get closer to that 10 anyway. That one ain't even an option anymore. Right. When at this time, it was an option. So right. let's just be glad for yeah. the upcoming Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, y'all. It's deep. We do. Are we even talking about motherhood anymore? I mean, (laughs) let's get to a happy place. Wait, but let me just tell y'all if y'all are mamas and y'all don't got no mama friends, get some. Get some. Get you a mommy circle because, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're here to be that. I am here to be that with this podcast. But get you a mommy circle because Mm -hmm. I just, it wasn't until I, I feel like, had a kid or got pregnant that I started like developing friend like you know like I'm never going to call my friend that doesn't have a kid like certain mm-hmm. we can't talk about mm-hmm. certain things and so like you know I got me some like that statement I don't like, like that statement why because I was that person before I got this kid before and, I got my baby and I was that person before I had mine but like, you and I still am but I just kid. feel like it brings a certain <laughs> it, it's still I feel like it just brings a new layer of friendship if that makes sense because it does. I, I have friends like 
one of my friends who stay in Birmingham, she had a kid before I did. Mm-hmm. So there were conversations that we weren't even tapping into because I didn't have a kid. Mm-hmm. I couldn't relate. I feel you know, it. we really didn't get into talking about relationships with our significant others, really. Mm-hmm. But once I had a kid, it's like, uh, we could tap open. into... Yes. <laughs> like, who I consider to be my best friend right now, like... Three years ago, she was she wasn't. Were we cool? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like now, we're like this, and like you say, it's crazy how having a kid. Now we talk more about relationships. Now we talk about spirituality. Yes. Now we talk about careers and all of this stuff. In addition to talking about kids, mm-hmm. but I also think it's so very few people that are like you because I feel like like I some of my friends without kids. I don't want to tell you about my co-parenting journey or whatever it is because it's like you. Like probably are like oh that's so draining God <laughs> your life must suck Listen, but like you being totally a step parent you know what that's like to compromise and say okay she can come here here or she she mm-hmm. goes back home for this or you know this is what happened we're gonna sit down as a threesome you know mm-hmm. not the cute one but the other one <laughs> as a threesome to talk about what <laughs> what we can do to you know move her to the next level so it's very few people I feel like that are like you that you can actually talk to about. Mm-hmm. Kids, yeah. Which I also, I will say this: I do have a couple of friends that talk too much about kids, and that is bothersome too. So, mm-hmm. wish your mommy friends, <laughs> like, yes, definitely. Because I'm always like, how baby K doing? You know, how yeah. Paisley doing? But also, that's not all I'm finna sit around and talk right. about because that is also draining. It's very draining to yeah. only be a mom, and yes. I think that finding that, like, this Ooh, one girl, yes. she Say said something on social. Going back to the power of social media, <laughs> mm-hmm. she was like, um, you know, being a mom is only one of the many like identities that I have. Like, yep. that's one of the many hats that I wear, and so being able to even sit here right now. With that my daughter that mommy had is off right now yep. right. and it feels good because in a couple of hours <laughs> i'm gonna be a mom and we're gonna have the best time we yeah. painting tonight y'all i'm sending y'all a picture okay yeah activities i do agree with that and that's <laughs> like that's one of the factors that played into this podcast is just like i feel like me personally like i got lost in that like mm-hmm. i tell them all the time like i got lost in the sauce of motherhood like i lost myself mm-hmm. and then of course postpartum depression and then you just sit in there and then lo and behold like which we're gonna talk about the unknown or i'm gonna talk sit down with somebody else and talk about the unknown but lo and behold like something like your baby has a d- disease has been diagnosed with something like so you like it's so many emotions that go into it and it's so easy to get lost in it and then with covid because i had her last year so mm-hmm. i had not where i'm going where we going i ain't, ain't no like self-care i'm not gonna do my own toes i'm not doing my own nails i'm not going to the nail shop i'm not going to the gym like i want to do i'm not disciplined in a home workout so mm-hmm. it's like you know, like, how, wh- when do you find yourself? So, I always just try to suggest, like, a hobby. Like, stick to something, like, God, and you just, like, yes, and just, like, a hobby. Just don't, like, don't lose yourself. And I know, like, I say it, and it sounds easier mm-hmm. than, you know, to do it, but, like, don't don't do it. Like, mm-hmm. do not lose yourself. And that's the good thing about having mommy friends because y'all did check up on me. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when I go mm-hmm. through things, I tap out mm-hmm. from everybody. Mm-hmm. So when I was going through depression, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, like, leave Girl, me alone. You down. Stop playing. You finna talk to me. Yeah. I don't even care if we talk about that, but we, hello? 
Like, like you okay? Yeah. To, you know what you eat today? Like right. we ain't gotta talk about nothing else. And I think that <laughs> one of the things, y'all, I have carried this. Literally, if you go back to like my middle school friends, they will tell you if you can get me in person, I'm there. I am not a phone person. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I feel guilty. Even like when I hear about how much y'all talk, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I am terrible because you got to get me. I can't talk mm-hmm. on the phone. But it also like hearing you say like about you shutting down and having friends like Charity who's like, girl, baby, listen, I'm going to hunt you down. <laughs> and making sure you have those people in my heart hurts for, because some people don't. Yeah. Some people like are going through that and they don't have anybody that's going to go above and beyond to have that conversation with them. And I think the best thing for you to do, like one of the things that I'm talking about in, and I keep talking about my like sessions with my therapist, No, girl. Um, <laughs> but I ain't going to name drop her because she already be a little bit booked and I don't like that. Um, but I feel like, I feel like one of the things that she said to me was because I told her, I was like, I'm getting in this habit where something will happen and I'll call and be like, what would you do if you were me? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Of, what do you think about this? And she was like, you're not processing how you feel about it you getting how everybody Everybody else feel about it and she was like and it's because like sometimes or because you've made decisions and now you don't trust the inner voice you devalue literally your voice and so I because she was like do you give advice to people I was like yeah I know and she was like yeah because you like your level like you have it Mm -hmm. I can tell just after one conversation with you that you have it yeah but you devalued that voice and Mm -hmm. so for me I feel like one of the things that I've struggled with is even extending that advice anymore because it's like how I'm gonna tell you give you any type of you know uplift if I've fallen to something that I don't even recognize. Mm-hmm. Y'all literally I'm going to show y'all the picture. Do y'all want to see it now or later? I want to hear this uh, therapist's name because when I'm she said that I feel so like I devalue She read me. She read me literally. We have a pre-conference because do you have a lot of black people on your page? No, I'm just, okay, so <laughs> this is just me being honest. I'm, I'm going to keep it real. What? I wanted to go to a black woman because black women, black, you well, know, black I therapy. I found mine on black Exactly. Girl, black I couldn't find one with my insurance that was black. So I was like, man, I'm going to have to go Y'all to a white lady. And I was like a little bit, I felt bad for even thinking that. But it's like, you know mm-hmm. what, sis, if you need to talk to someone, then you can have to talk to some whoever mm-hmm. and y'all I really Absolutely. enjoy her because one thing I realized in my session is that I don't have to be anybody other than that mm-hmm. um but also her job is to take me exactly as is yes. and tell me what to do from there yes. but like literally when she um when she said like you devalue like your own voice I was like that's I didn't ever that's think huge. about that yeah, I, yeah exactly and she said like sometimes you are disappointed in yourself like going back to this word disappoint right mm-hmm. that you are disappointed because you become a response to different situations mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. even thinking about like my job right now i responded to so many things so like i've become a response at work mm-hmm. i was a response in my relationship i'm a response in my friendships mm-hmm. and so how do i become how do I stop being a response and start just being me? Like yeah. showing up as me and yeah. not responding to whatever it is that you made me feel. Yeah. And that, that like going, just even to connect it to motherhood, like one thing about me, like responding to things that Cammy does, like Cammy, they take a, a nap at daycare from like 1230 to like 230. Mm-hmm. So by 830, she's ready for bed. Yeah. But if I'm trying to take her with me, like, you know, maybe I'm going to one of my friend's house and I'm taking her with me and it's nine o'clock. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's fussing. And I'm like, now I'm being like, Cameron, stop the crying. Like, what is it? What do you need? Oh, she's, does she sleepy? Mm-hmm. So, like, instead of responding to her negatively because she's yeah. crying because she's sleepy, like, being proactive and saying, hey, I can come over, but I got to leave by 730. Yeah. And, you know, just really creating an environment where it's okay and where I am less of a response and more of a, of me. Yeah. Of who I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's been tough. Though. Yeah. 
definitely. Whew. I'm sure it has been. I can't imagine. Like like you said, you, you it's an adjustment from birth and you know, you're adjusting. We're all we all have had to adjust. You know, my my adjustment has been different mm-hmm. from you all's, but at none the least we still adjusting, mm-hmm. you know, and constantly are gonna have to adjust because mm-hmm. we want a life. We want to give them a life, and then they want their own little life, right. you know? They got own little personality. Right. So, you know, you just need to co- consistently adjust, and I don't know that men consistently adjust mm-hmm. or think about those adjustments because mm-hmm. then we are having to teach them mm-hmm. how to adjust with us, you know? Girl, and, don't. That's Listen, a whole other And you know what? <laughs> I, I feel like I enjoy being a parent so much more now that I'm not an in-house parent with her dad. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that because two-parent households are beautiful. And for those that of you that have that to work, that's because both partners are willing to put in that work. But both of us were not willing to put in that work together. Mm-hmm. And that made it to where, like, the, I heard this word, broken home, y'all, and it frustrated me so bad because it's mm-hmm. like you instantly think if it's not two parent it's broken mm-hmm. maybe my house is fixed yeah finally when it was two parent it was broken and it was broken when it was two parent and now that it is not now i don't know what it looked like when she go with him i don't know if that's that might be broken yeah. but she gets some wholeness when she with me and that's why i'm putting in the work to make sure that i don't raise a daughter that felt like because guess what my mom was a single mom of three mm-hmm. and i never felt that my house was broken i don't know what that woman did what anointing oil right. she used to put on, on the Door post, man. I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, it never. I never really understood that some people grew up with two parents until I became an adult. Mm-hmm. Like literally, my well, I was in eleventh grade. My boyfriend at the time, his parents were going through a divorce. He was mm-hmm. white, um, and his parents were going through a divorce. And I'm like, Ugh, he, why is he so torn up about this? Like right. again, not understanding yes. emotions, right? Literally, <laughs> but for him, it was devastating. Yeah, like we were in our senior year, and he was devastated. And I'm like, okay, that's on you. It, and so being able to provide that for my daughter is my desire. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know how my mama did that. Mm-hmm. And did. I think that's because you because you had a strong foundation, mm-hmm. you're able to give her that strong foundation, mm-hmm. whether yeah. you're doing it together with somebody or by yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like I have my husband, but I'm like, I could do this by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't need you, mm-hmm. even though it's his baby. <laughs> we don't need you. But I, that just reminded me, I sent you the post, but I, it was a post on Facebook and somebody I'm in this black mom's group on Facebook but somebody kind of posted somebody else's tweet or something status and it was like y'all really trying to y'all really normalizing co-parenting and I said y'all really normalizing being in one house together and your kids suffering far more than what they would have to suffer if you just co-parent because why can't a family like y'all trying to use family just for y'all to stick together just for the kids but why can't a family be this mm-hmm. like why can't that be a family mm-hmm. because her daughter is getting fed over here and over there mm-hmm. so why can't that like why why is that not a family mm-hmm. oh why is it frowned upon right yeah mm-hmm. and shouldn't. i think and honestly i think it's one of those things where you have to find people who have similar mindsets so i was having this conversation with one of my other friends and i told her my preference right now as i'm dating i prefer Mm-hmm. I'm just saying what I prefer, not what I'm against. <laughs> I prefer to have someone who's divorced also. Mm-hmm. And I prefer to have someone that has a child already. Mm-hmm. And I prefer that he doesn't want more kids because I don't. <laughs> um, and that's not what I prefer. Now, of course, <laughs> now of course, guy, he, he has his own little way of being funny. Right. Um, but if I had to choose, because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to explain 
co-parenting to anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to explain, oh, or excuse me, let me say overly explain co-parenting to anyone. I don't mm-hmm. want to have to overly explain a divorce to anyone mm-hmm. um, because to be truth, truth be told, before it happens to you, you do have, well, sometimes we can't have like a <clears throat> approach to it. Yeah. Because one of the things that one of the like pillars, I guess, of shame that you have to, or guilt that you have to deal with is now I am a single mom. And even mm-hmm. though I can do it, now I have to. Yeah. And that, that doesn't always feel good. And having to say, okay, because, again, one of the hats that you wear, right, you don't, but you don't have to be, it's called like a stain. So I watched this, like, um, this sermon by Mac, Michael Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about love stains. Him. I mm-hmm. love him so much. And he talked about all the things that stain us. Mm-hmm. And then he did, like, this demonstration where it was, like, this shirt that was covered in all types of paint mm-hmm. and how, like, Jesus was, like, this, um, this, like, aquarium. And he, like, put it in there and like mm-hmm. it pretty much cleansed Cleanse. it and as corny as it was it resonated with me so much because like this stain of being a single mom the stain of being a divorcee right mm-hmm. all of these things that I was starting to feel that I was starting I thought was bringing me shame mm-hmm. it really was like okay it's guilt because I made the divorce to get married and or made the divorce made the choice to get married mm-hmm. I'm making the choice to get a divorce and single mom is just something that comes along with that mm-hmm. and if I look at myself as being something that's stained or someone that's stained then I never get to experience the beauty of like this is something maybe that can bring glory right mm-hmm. um but also that's when my girl Sarah Jakes Roberts come in and that's just a totally mm-hmm. different story because really if I get to talking too much y'all gonna give me for plagiarism because a lot of what <laughs> I meditate to myself is things that she said because yeah. she's been divorced she was a teen mom mm-hmm. and she talks so much about breaking know what your fears because really a lot of what it is is a fear of being a single mom the fear of like yeah. people looking at me and saying she got a divorce so uh, mm-hmm. she's less worthy of love for a second time who should marry her like i'm telling you, these are thoughts right that are going through that i'm having to process mm-hmm. not because that's how i actually feel but because you see posts that say mm-hmm. why are you normalizing getting a divorce right. why are we normalizing co-parenting so even though i don't think there's anything wrong with it people do right so now do i think something's wrong with that and the answer is no mm-hmm. and the answer is process it at your own right and the answer is if you don't want anybody to that's dealing with co-parenting that's why you gonna find you somebody who know how to pop with protection because i didn't mm-hmm. and you don't want to have to deal with how i'm co-parenting if you want somebody protection. pop with protection because i shared this post that said my second marriage is gonna be my only marriage and that's how i feel i saw that and because guess what some people can relate to that yes. right. some people that's some people's story and for whatever reason it's mine yeah. and i never thought it would be and i would say things like oh why is the divorce rate so mm-hmm. high and then to find out it's higher amongst black women because we're so we're so independent we don't know mm-hmm. how to be submissive oh my god it sent fire like steaming ears y'all Yes. Like y'all are saying these things about us that aren't even necessarily true, mm-hmm. but then why even defend it? Right, and, and, and then I know what the problem is. Let me not even get into that. Okay, so <laughs> let's reel this in. Look, let's reel it in because I gotta go pick up. <sighs> yes, and we were we did we get off topic? We no, like okay. this is this is the podcast. Like okay. this is what it comes with. Okay. On topic, on topic, it don't matter. Like sure if you listen to you, topic is like <laughs> right. <laughs> Motherhood. Like, we covering everything. Like, but, uh, <laughs> so, yes. Thank y'all. Y'all, we gonna get into some more. But, thank y'all for, like, just being here and sharing your experience, your experiences, just to help the next person. Mm-hmm. Because that's all, like, I wanted to create is a safe space to help the next person. Whoever, you know, whoever may be listening um, you you're not going through it alone. Like mm-hmm. it's plenty of us out here Definitely doing not. it. Mm-hmm. Um, find you a circle. Like I hate that I feel like the circles are so small, but find you a circle of women 
parents, dad, like, you know, dads, because some of these feelings dads can actually relate to, you know, like, when we talk about miscarriage, you're not the only one experiencing this. Right. You're a partner in that. Right. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't show how they're experiencing it, unfortunately, they still are. And I think that that's what almost like depreciates a man it's like Mm -hmm. you have these feelings but you can't even like vocalize you can't even express and it's like Mm -hmm. how do we how do we make that like normal how do Mm -hmm. we um and i think that that's something that happens like within a house Mm -hmm. um and i don't think men are gonna i don't think that they're on the pathway to allow that to be outside of the house and for that i respect but i think again like are you at least doing that in home Yeah, and I think when they start to get in tune with their feelings, yeah. they will know how to treat us, especially us black women, a lot better than they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. but you know what? I've been seeing men, like straight men, like with shiny little nails. Y'all know what that means? They been getting manicures. Yeah. <laughs> so something is turning in these heads. Now what? <laughs> I don't know. Not the shiny. Maybe they just hate. Uh, maybe the they just hate dirty fingernails. But I'm proud of these brothers that I have been seeing. With these shiny nails. It's the shiny nails. It's the shiny nails for me. And we are going to end on that note. No, thank y'all. For those of y'all watching on YouTube, these are my friends. You cannot have them. You can be a part of this circle, but you cannot have them. Um, Just y'all have a good day whenever you're listening, or maybe this is the start to your day. I hope you have a good day. Y'all go follow me. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel, Shauna B, at underscore Sincerely Mama on Instagram. I don't know. Y'all want to throw out y'all conditions? You no. can find me later. Oh, no. okay. He already doesn't want to be found at all. I was going to go ahead and tell y'all that. Anyway, she's hoping that this doesn't even pop up on her feed right. on any social media. Well, actually, okay, so. Maybe. We may link Tag me one right. time. Tag me one time on Facebook. Just once. <laughs> but I, I have to approve her to even be on my timeline. Right. I'm so sick of people tagging me and stuff. That I don't approve that. She's going to be like, right. tag me, and then she's not going to approve it. But it's okay. <laughs> So, bye, y'all. I'll see y'all later. Deuces. Yeah.